I'm a racist. gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i am your host adam portius i'm joined yet again by matt smith hey everybody you know uh, we played we missed some stuff but you know what well we didn't miss anything well that's true Uh, we didn't miss anything that's for damn sure uh, well we kind of we kind of informally decided to take a week off um mostly because last week's only movie yeah. was in the heart of the sea and really uh, did not warrant its own episode. No, we'll I don't talk- think that it did. So we'll talk about that movie. We're going to talk about In the Heart of the Sea. I don't know if you kids heard or not, but there's this little movie out called Star Wars. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it made, um, it broke all the records, pretty much. <laughs> it it made a boatload of cash. It's, uh, it's uh, on par to do some more uh, record-breaking, one would imagine. So we're going to be talking about Star Wars. We're going to be talking about the Whale movie. Uh, uh-huh. We're also going to be talking about Sisters, the kind of counter-programming to Star Wars that came out uh, uh, this weekend as well. Not as many people saw it, I would say. Right? Damn right. <laughs> uh, but, no, not as many, but not surprising. It did It did really well, though, on an otherwise outside of Star Wars uh, yeah. week box office weekend. That is very true. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see Alvin and the Chipmunks Chimpwrecked or whatever the fuck it's called. That was the last one. This is the road chip. Oh, my. Oh, pardon me. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, my. Oh, I don't want to. Uh, uh, I don't want to upset those Alvin and the uh, Chipmunks uh, fans <laughs> out there that God knows have tuned into this podcast to go. Sweet Lord. What, what is what, what do Adam and Matt think about the goddamn Chipmunks movie? I well, I'll tell you what I already know about it is uh, kids will like it. It's not scary. It's good. Uh, well, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks: The Road Chip. So gets chipmunked <laughs> up. There's a chimp on its shoulder. I, I don't know. I'm just trying what? to write Gene Shalit headlines. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go in with a chimp on my shoulder for this one. Everybody sounds like Stan Lee these days. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Um, uh, Losing it. That's what's wrong with That's you. true. I'm going to be talking. So, I'll talk about that because Sean has given me on HMP, he gave me like the 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 challenge. And I'm going to uh-huh. try to do it to watch that movie. And then and then that's not just a challenge. Then there's another one on top of that. Um, to watch the movie, then come back and do the best I can to possibly not say anything bad about it. <laughs> I can only use positive things. And we're going to try to see how long that I, I can go with without saying a bad word about it. So uh, that's going to be the challenge. Uh, so, you know, I clearly don't like myself. Uh, so we're uh-huh. going to be talking about all those things and more, because I've seen something, you may have seen some stuff, and we'll talk about some things. we got a jam-packed fucking show, yeah, that's all I know. we got some stuff. And uh, we're not going to do Star Wars spoilers on this episode. No, we're going to do a standalone thing, so we're going to review Star Wars. That's going to come at the end of the show, and then we're going to mm-hmm. do that spoiler-free for those of you six people that haven't fucking seen it for some weird-ass reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Because most but, people I've but talked then to there'll seen be a standalone. A it'll be like a twenty-minute thing. It'll drop uh, either same day or the day after, yeah. whatever. Probably same day, and then uh, you guys can just uh, you know Listen hear us blather on for an extra thirty minutes yeah. or whatever. The and fuck. if you're like God, I really want to hear a lot of talking about it. Go over to hearmoviepodcast.com. We talk for an hour and fucking forty minutes about it. So you know, and I have not listened to that episode. And so, so, so all of my there. opinions will be similar will be yet untainted. See, there we go. <laughs> it's all circle of life kind of things, you know, whatever. Uh, so that's the fucking shit that we're going to be doing. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Uh, so before we get into the show proper and stuff, Matt, what have you been watching lately? Anything of note? Uh, yeah, I, 
I finally sat down and watched uh, all of season two of Gotham that has come on so far. And I got to say, uh, the show finally figured out what the fuck it was doing, which was my biggest criticism of last season, uh, that it was a little too wishy-washy and that some of the, some of the characters were just uh, like garbage and poorly acted. <coughs> hey, fish. they did kill off Jada um, Pinkett Smith. So, I mean, that's that, true. God bless. I mean, that, that righted the ship about two thirds onto the course, I believe. <laughs> um but, uh, you know, this one, it, it kind of starts to figure out its niche a little bit. Um, I was not big on the drone character who uh, everybody thought was going to be Joker or that they were playing around heavily with as a Joker type. Clearly. Um, but uh, you seem to have liked him a little bit. I, uh, I, up until he was dead, I was like, oh, fuck this. Um, I, I did not like him at the, at the end of season one. Something about what they did with season two and like the way that they kind of started handling things, I really dug it. And then when the character, spoiler alert, uh, dies off, I I gotta say I was I was met with a little bit of disappointment. I was like, oh crud, dude. But I thought we did talk on H and P about how it would be kind of cool if they did some sort of thing where like they bring his dead body in and somehow they bring him back. And of course his skin is paler, hair got green, and then went into you know whatever's. Um, I mean I understand they're doing what they're doing and whatnot, but. I I don't know. I mean, I liked what the kid was yeah. doing. I, I, I warmed to it quicker than I had expected to. Well, I have to also say, like, one of the best things this season, uh, like, that small criticism aside, I wasn't down on it, but I just didn't give a fuck about Jerome, right? But yeah, like, I, I get that. One of the best things that I've uh, really liked about this season is, uh, like, holy shit, uh, Bruce Wayne's a character. Like, he's an actual character. I'm still many episodes behind, so I can't really and, speak uh, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that was kind of the most noticeable thing was he was not just there to constantly remind us that this kid is going to be Batman. Batman's here, by the way. Um, it's Batman. Yeah. Mm, Batman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just that, that little fucking needle, right? Like, yeah. hey, he's, never really, he's never really going to be Batman, but he's Batman, <laughs> right? Right? Right. right. Oh, fuck you. Uh, and he, he kind of becomes his own character. Uh, Alfred uh, becomes a badass. Um, and even like uh, Jim Gordon. And uh, Harvey Bullock get a lot more to do, finally. Um, it kind of refocuses uh, on them toward the end of the first half of the season. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the next half. Uh, now I've got a, about a four dozen other shows to uh, fucking catch up on. Um, but if you're not watching Gotham, uh, you should check back in. It's, it's really picked up and uh, figured out what in the hell it is. Uh, much to my surprise, honestly. I, I thought maybe the second season was going to just fucking blow uh honestly um because i like i i just never felt like they were going to get their shit together yeah. uh but you know another another uh great twist and this is a slight spoiler but um finally penguin and uh edward enigma start working together mm. and it's pretty fucking good um so i'm interested to see where that relationship goes uh anyway that's about what i've been watching i mean i'm a, I've been just watching other shit. Uh, Elevator's still fucking awesome, so if you're not watching Elevator, get on that. Um, yeah, what about you, Adam? What you check out? All right, that's uh-huh. out of me. And I haven't even been drinking tonight. That's what's, that's what's interesting. Um, so I got to see, uh, I went to see Trumbo, uh, finally. Brian Cranston getting a lot of kind of uh, nice little buzz about this. Um, as well as, uh, you know, Louis C.K. did a, a, a quite a good job in this movie as well. Uh, it's about the uh, the screenwriter uh, um, Douglas Trumbo, who uh, you know was a Dalton. Uh, Dalton, what did I say? Douglas. Oh, whatever. Uh, you know he knows what his name is. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> don't Fair matter. Enough. What's he gonna do? Call me up on the teleophone? I don't think so. Uh, so you know. <laughs> so he was he was a guy who was uh, blacklisted uh, back in the uh, the big Red Scare. And, um, you know, it's, it's about him and the uh, kind of fellow uh, commie writers, if you will, uh, going under pseudonyms and fighting the uh, studio system and stuff, who were making great films, uh, but could not do so under their own names. And, uh, you know, traveled down the system to do kind of some schlocky stuff and then, you know, kind of even elevated the schlocky crap that they were doing. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's a good movie about filmmaking. And if you're not, you know, familiar with that particular time period, uh, it's a good educational piece for, uh, for, for the younger folks who may not, uh, you know, kind of know what went down uh, years and years ago. But, uh, I mean, maybe not an amazingly uh, great film, but uh, certainly serviceable, uh, very enjoyable 
I'd say it's a Netflix thing. You don't need to rush out and go see it or nothing, but, uh, you know, enjoyable for what it is, for sure. Here, here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so one reason I'm a little hesitant to go see this thing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been playing in Atlanta for quite some time, and I, if I'm going to go see it, it should be before Christmas maybe, but um, uh, only because the theater will change over after uh, getting 7,000 fucking movies next week. Right. Um, uh, but uh, the question I have is, do you think that the film comes off as self-serving to Hollywood? And the reason I raise this is because there's like this long tradition of Hollywood trying to venerate itself and think like, oh, look, this is a great, um, amazing tale about Hollywood's uh, talent overcoming uh, political strife. Right. The, the whole reason that Trumbo was uh, had to go through all this bullshit was because of Hollywood itself. Right. Uh, it had almost nothing to do with the realities of the government. If Hollywood had stood up for anybody who was uh, like under fire back then, uh, it would have been a non-issue largely. But uh, Trumbo had to go through a whole lot of shit because Hollywood would not stand up for anyone uh, in the studio system and just rolled over for the government largely. Does this play a little bit like a revisionist history? Uh, or like, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I mean, they're still they're still seen as like a culpable, you know, guilty party in all of this, as far as Hollywood yeah. is, is concerned. But yeah, it is. It's there is a little bit of a uh, a little bit of wanking, if you will, about how like you know we do what we do, and uh, I mean, it is a little celebratory, and I think a lot of Hollywood. I mean, that's why I think there's a chance that this could get some award stuff because it is that kind of like. The very pat on the back kind of shit that you know award season stuff tends to go for. Uh, so I could mm-hmm. I could definitely see that happening. Going like, yes, this is this is how uh, you know. And, and Hollywood is always the kind of you know you, you, you there is that revisionist thing where they like to look back on what they did and go like we did we you know we did that then but we're so above that now and we're the most you know accepting whatever the fuck you want to put together with it. So it could right. be like so th- this kind of like. Uh, you know, appraising and anointing this film really goes against. Like, I mean, I I, I hearken back to um, to Crash, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, if you yeah, didn't yeah. vote for Crash for Best Picture, you were basically saying I'm a racist. Where Crash was a piece of shit movie. In the in the political uh, like world of what the Oscars do. Yeah, I yes. mean, exactly. That was just like, oh, you don't love this movie? That's why people voted for it because they felt like if they didn't vote for that, they'd feel like racist pieces of shit. And it's like. You know, it's the most ham-handed after-school special piece of shit movie out there, and Haggis should be fucking ashamed of himself for that garbage. Oh, he he recently came out and said that it should not have won Best Picture. Well, he's, I, so. I, yeah, I did read that article, and I, I was like, well, at least somebody <laughs> is willing to stand up and just go like, yeah, probably not. There was a couple other films that year that were, uh, you know, decent. But, uh, you, know, you know, look, it's it's serviceable for what it is. Um, there's a lot of There's a lot of fine performances in it, you know? Everybody is uh, does a pretty darn good job, and I mean, I'd say it's it's worth watching to watch, and to get a right. little uh, little little history lesson. But it doesn't feel as you know ham fisted and overpowering you with like God Almighty, aren't we fucking great? Because it it doesn't feel quite like that. But you know, well, that's good. It is so a I'll little it, like, it is a little self serving, but not not as much as one might possibly think that it certainly well damn well could have been. Right. Um. Other than that, um, not a whole hell of a lot. Been busy doing all kinds of crap and running around and trying to pretend like Christmas is a thing. And I saw Star Wars twice, so fuck you. And of course, and and and, and the other movies. So uh, we'll talk about all that crap. All right, all right. So uh, let's get into it because uh, you know it's like a band aid. You got to pull it off in one foul swoop. There, you can't just kind of go inching along because you're just gonna start crying all all the time. Uh, so let's. Uh, <clears throat> Let's get into the first one here. I gotta figure out. Here's the right tab. <laughs> here's the uh, here's the trailer for last week's movie, In the Heart of the Sea. How does one come to know the sea's dark secrets? Monsters. Are they real? I want you to tell me what happened. Tell me the secret of the Essex. I don't expect a writer to understand, Mr. Melville. 
almost nine, I swear. Normally, a captain gets to choose his first mate. An experienced captain, yes. Centuries before, sailors feared sailing off the edge of the earth. for the edge of sanity. I believe you have seen things no one else has seen. That was a trailer for In the Heart of the Sea, our first new release review of this week. IMDb plotline, a recounting of a of a whaling ship sinking by a giant whale in 1820 that would inspire the great novel Moby Dick. This is uh, directed by Ron Howard, starring Chris Hemsworth, Cillian Murphy, Brendan Gleeson, Ben Whitshaw, uh, Tom Holland, and a handful of others. Um, so this, this movie got delayed uh, quite a bit and put off into this, this uh, kind of late of the year slot and a lot of people, you know, figured, Hey, this might be for some Oscar type stuff right here. Um, by the showing, I would say, uh, maybe not so much, uh, cause it did, it made fucking no money at the box office. Um, yeah, made even less this week. Yeah, this thing was, and, and, and you can watch it, man. You see the trailer. This movie was not super cheap to make. Um, no. but here's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really have great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. It's under 50%, I think. I forget what the actual number is. Um, yes. Here's the thing. I don't... Look, this movie I don't believe is horrible. No, it's not bad. The The problem with it, I think, as far as from a like marketing standpoint and getting audiences to give a shit about it and getting critics to give a shit about it, is that uh, it's pretty standard adult movie fare, yeah. right? Uh, like, quality-wise. Um it's got solid enough performances. Uh, Ron Howard is always a serviceable filmmaker. Sometimes he's a very good filmmaker. He's very rarely a great filmmaker. Yeah. Um, but he's always serviceable, right? He knows where to make uh, cuts. He knows uh, like where to put the fucking camera and right story decisions. He knows that hey, shit. He's a smart guy. Yeah, I mean, he he is. Uh, you know, in in the forties and fifties, he would have been a regular studio stock director, yeah. right? That would have taken on bigger budget films and, and done really well with them. Right. But he was never, uh, he's not like the star director of a studio. Right. He's um, not, he's not like a, he's not a, he's not like a Spielberg, but he's like a very lesser kind of like, we'll, we'll give you like what Spielberg's table scraps would almost be. Well, not even that. It's more like he's, he's not a Hitchcock. He's more like a, I don't know, like a fucking Michael Curtiz, right? Like Michael Curtiz yeah, makes okay. some very good movies, right? Like Casablanca. Um, but, but he, he was also, a bit of an like, asshole. Was, <laughs> well, he, he was also just like the go-to guy for a specific type of mid-budget uh, adult drama picture at at a... Yeah, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's kind of what it was. Uh, or MGM. 
I think both at, at one point. But in any case, yeah. uh, that's that's what it was. Like my, Michael Curtiz was was that. So that's more of the I think the relationship that Ron Howard has to Hollywood, and he's very successful and he's made movies. I think better movies than most people will even give him credit for. Yeah. Uh, on the on the artistic side of things, um, or even 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 just like kind of very Hollywoody kind of blockbustery sort of stuff in a way. I mean, with like things like yeah. Apollo thirteen, or I mean, and, oh, yeah. and even fucking Ransom for Christ's sakes. Yeah, 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 no, no, I, I like Ron Howard. This is not meant to come oh, no, off no, as yeah, dark. yeah. It's just, oh. but it's not like you know, blah. but and here's the thing too, though, especially uh, as of probably the last maybe ten to maybe even fifteen years of Ron Howard's career, he's really been kind of Oscar baiting it like a motherfucker. Yeah, I think. Well, I think he wants you know to to get those uh, those noms in. Yeah. He's he's older, and right? he's doing he's a decent. Gonna... I mean, he does a decent enough job at receiving those. Oh yeah, and yeah. but but the real problem, right, is like in the heart of the sea is good, and it's a solid enough movie. It's not a movie release in December. No, this this should have been I, I released. Think we when had they a conversation actually, uh, like when we were discussing this movie and whether or not to record last week. We were we were talking a little bit about it, and it's like uh, this movie really would have benefited from coming out back in March when it was originally scheduled. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, or maybe it was April. I forget, but uh, you know, a good seven months ago, at least is when this movie was scheduled to come out. Um, seven and nine. And it just didn't. Uh, I don't know whether it was a, a choice that uh, they made because they, uh, it feels like a choice they made because they wanted it to be award season fodder. Uh, but I don't think that move made uh, made much sense, and it probably would have performed better if it was uh, pre summer, like it, like originally planned. Yeah, they're rolling a budget of of a hundred million here, and like it's grossed at this point eighteen point six. So it, yeah, it ain't I good. Mean, to put that into 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 uh, like uh, just perspective proper perspective here right uh sisters this weekend which we'll talk about shortly uh grossed 14 million up or almost 14 million up against star wars i mean come on in the heart of the sea was the movie last weekend yeah there was nothing else that was new i mean it was just all hey you're gonna go see stuff that came out two three weeks ago yeah and apparently people just did that <laughs> they did not uh, jump out for the for the yeah. for the moby dicks and, and, you know, so basically, you know, the whole plot is you got, you know, Herman Melville's going over to a guy's house, uh, played by Brendan Gleeson. You don't really know who he is just yet, uh, per se. Mm -hmm. uh, you assume that he's Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth's uh, character. He's not. Uh, but um, so he's going over there and he's interviewing him about, you know, this whaling thing. He doesn't want to do it, convinces him eventually to do it. And, uh, you know, and then he's this is the whole movie is the retelling of uh, the events that occurred, of course, which, yeah, you know, of the whaling ship Essex. Right. That, you know, yeah. would you know later be the, you know, uh, basis, if you will, for 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 the uh, novel Moby Dick. Yeah. And um. No, it's it's good. There's a lot of really, I mean, the structure of it's good, and that's 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 the roughest part of this movie. It's like it's just it's not bad, but it's not fucking amazing. Yeah, once again, it is it is an early year quality movie, yeah. right? It is not a, it is not a late in the year quality movie. Um, I know I I think the movie was uh, pretty thrilling most of the time. Um, I liked the story quite a bit. It is my second favorite movie that had cannibalism in it this year. Um, <laughs> it's my first then. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt more danger with these guys with this fucking eating people. <laughs> I did. Um, there's some great act. I mean, like, because Chris Helmsworth loses a lot of weight in this movie, and like everybody uh -huh. looks gaunt and sickly, and like the makeup jobs and everything are fucking great. No, uh, it's it's really just a solid movie. Uh, you should definitely check it out when it comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, it's it's worth watching, you know, in that high def format. Uh, if you're really bored and you've already seen everything else, you know, it's not a bad way to spend an afternoon at the theater. And you could probably um, do it alone for Christ's sakes. Yeah, well, you, know, <laughs> you don't have so, to deal with other people. If you're those people hating people like Adam is, by God, go see it. Exactly. Um, and it kind of, honestly, uh, like it kind of reminds me of how, uh, like master and commander, uh, when it came out was not particularly well received. Yeah. Um, 
and it also did similar uh, like uh, failing uh, business at the box office. People but, really fell in love with that on video, though. But but it's a really just really good solid adventure story, right? And in the heart of the sea is in that tradition. And uh, I think one of the things for me personally that in the heart of the sea really fails at is um, creating a like palpable sense of just like hopelessness. I you always get the sense that like people are going to pull through. Part of that is because there's the frame story, right? right. Um, but the other thing that I just constantly had in the back of my mind was like. Jesus, man, I wish that Ron Howard had just watched like all is lost and <laughs> yeah. and like taken a few fucking notes, you know, um, all I could think of is that little kid's gonna be fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's true. Right. But um, Spider-Man's going to go up to be Brendan Cleason, everybody. It's but amazing. There, but there's, a way that, there's something about the way that uh, the shipwreck scenes are handled in in the heart of the sea that there's it's not as dangerous right even though even though it is uh you know a hundred and something years before all is lost shipwrecked uh and it takes place literally in the middle of the pacific and not just somewhere off the coast where he's been sailing um there's just a i don't know the suspense is not there or it's not maintained the entire time one of the nice things i liked about it was uh the constant presence of the whale that keeps tracking them, mm-hmm. right? Almost as if just to make sure they're fucking done, yeah. right? Um, and I really liked that touch a lot. Um, so I don't know. My verdict is see this movie. I think you guys will like it. I enjoyed it. It's definitely um, a movie that deserves to be seen, but there is a reason that nobody went to see it. And it's partly that it's just a really solid movie and not a great movie. And we're definitely in the throes of really good movies out right now. Um, and I think expectations are a little high and also all those trailers for this movie look really fucking boring. They do. They're, they're not, it's not portrayed very well in the trailers. I don't think. Um, and, and there's nothing about, uh, like some very significant portions of the film that I think would draw people in. Um, and honestly, I felt the same about this marketing com- campaign as I did about the one for a movie we'll be talking about next week, Joy, which was just, I don't fucking get what, like who cut these fucking trailers. It feels, I'm glad honest that, to God, it feels like David O. Russell. Cause if you look at the trailer for that and for American Hustle, it feels like the same fucking thing. I feel I feel if if it ain't him specifically, it's somebody who he who he fingers to just go. You're the, you're the one cutting my shit because it feels well, I the wish same. Somebody with a, with a sense of how to fucking do some sort of narrative uh, would start cutting David it's O. Russell. It's, it's an all fucking Martin Scorsese rip off jag, man. That's all the fuck that shit is, and we'll talk about that next week. Sweet yeah. baby Jesus. All right. So All right. let's get into movie number two, kids. Here is the trailer for Sisters. Hey, girl. Hey. sister reunion. What's your deal? I've been having a lot of fun. I don't need lotion in there. Yeah, you do need lotion in there. We are looking for an yard artisan to do some work on our bushes. I bet working on other people's bushes really makes you want to whack your weeds. I was dirtier than I thought. I'm sorry. I got dirty really fast. No! Mom and Dad sold our childhood home. This should have been passed on. All we need you to do is clean out your bedroom. Oh, boy. It's a damn shame that you never had your night here. We cannot have a party. You've been divorced two years. You can't avoid putting yourself out there forever. Do not work me like this. You have so much to do. You have to invite that cute guy from down the street. Hi. Hi. I'm Mara. I'm James. I just wanted to say hi. So that's done. Oh. It's a lot of under teat, but I think I'm getting away with it. It's on backwards. I don't get this dress. One of my apples keeps rolling out of the bag. I like the story it tells with the fringe. Oh, here we go. I've been thinking. Why? Will you not drink tonight so I can let my freak flag fly? I would love to. Paul Crew got the juice. Came the truth. 
I heard you were having a party from someone who got invited. It's pretty sad. It's a snazzy bell. Oh, thank you. Yeah, congrats on your wrestling championship. We need to say goodbye to this house. But we sure had fun here. You're the type of badass that I'm susceptible to. My safe word is keep going. That was the trailer for Sisters, our second new release review of this week. IMDb plotline, two sisters decide to throw one last house party before their parents sell their family home. This is uh, directed by Jason Moore, who people probably know from the first uh, Pitch Perfect movie. Uh, written by Paula Pell, who is a big Saturday Night Live uh, alum writer. Uh, starring mm-hmm. Tina Fey, uh, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Ike Barinholtz, uh, Jason, James Brolin, uh, Diane Wiest. Of course, uh, John Cena, John Leguizamo, there's like 8 billion fucking people in this. Bobby Moynihan, uh, you know, Rachel Dretz, just a shitload of people. Samantha B. And like, if, if, have they been on SNL? Chances are they might be in this movie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I, was, I was honestly surprised uh, fucking Keenan Thompson didn't show up at some fucking point. Yeah, that is that is surprising. I mean, Chris Barnell's in it. I mean, you, you know, you, you fucking name it. Um, you know, and then like, you know, guys like John Lutz from like 30 Rock and stuff. Uh, uh-huh. So a lot of people that have been involved with a lot of these, uh, these, the two major ladies in uh, various uh, projects and whatnot. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, both Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And uh, I'll say this movie, they fucking deliver. Um, yeah, I think so too. I was really, I mean, I, the trailer looked good and it delivered exactly what I wanted this movie to be. I mean, no more and no less. But um, a very solid, solid, fun time. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly spot on. Uh, I I had a good feeling about the movie. Granted, yes, I'm a huge Faye and Polar fan. Um, but you know, like this movie, uh, kind of what's brilliant about it is is it is more simple than people. Um, tend to want to make these sorts of things. So like one of the things that works for uh, other teen films, for example, right? Like uh, Can't Hardly Wait or things of that nature is that they're all like very simple plot movies, right? You get people together. There's a central location here. It's their house. They're throwing a major party. They get all the people from high school. They're in their 40s now. Um, and and uh, it just kind of works because you don't have to like go from point A to point B to point C and complicate things too much. You can kind of let the jokes go. And this movie definitely has jokes. Uh, most of them hit. Uh, and a lot of those are like laugh out loud, funny things. Like I was actually laughing here. And uh, I've got to say compared to a lot of the other R rated comedies that we've seen this year, uh, not including things like night before, which I like, liked quite a bit. Um, but certainly things like, uh, unfinished business and, um, Oh fuck. What was I, that other thing? I forget, but you're right. This, anyway, this earns right, its like, R rating for the, for like the first majority of most part. Yeah. And, and, uh, like on top of that just is really charming in a way that, that is mostly due to their like real life friendship, I think. Mm-hmm. But I also just, I really fucking liked Ike Barinholtz in this fucking thing. Uh, he was funny as shit. I thought uh, his character was nice. It was it was nice to see like uh, like a relationship between his character uh, James and uh, Polar's character Mara, um, like develop in a mostly organic way. Given the fact that it was really like twelve hours worth of <laughs> having known one another, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and and I just really enjoyed the hell out of it, man. Uh, John Cena once again turns in a pretty fucking funny performance. I liked yep. him uh, in in Trainwreck, right? Uh, I think uh, you know we we disagreed about that film, but, but his performance can, in both are great. But I think we can agree, like uh, John Cena in a sex scene is really funny in Trainwreck, <laughs> and yeah. and John Cena here is like the <laughs> the drug dealer Pazuzu, which is the demon's name from The Exorcist, by the way. 
is is, uh, is really really good. He he has a knack for comedy, um, mostly because he plays the straight man saying ridiculous shit, which is like the best way to play a straight man. I think. Right. Um, and I also was really pleasantly surprised to uh, like like John Leguizamo again. Yeah, I mean, because I I got the vibe the first time his character shows up, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a stock sleazy character who like just says gross or inappropriate shit the whole time. Yeah, and uh, no, I mean he is that, but it's it's much more than that. Uh, And and for such a small character, and all of the small characters are like that, really. Uh, For for these very small roles, they're so developed, right? Like you feel like you know who these people are a little bit more than you, I feel like you would in a lesser film. Um, Samantha B has a great little role. Yeah. Uh, in, in any case, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really funny and uh, I hope people go and see it. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that it made 14 million uh, yeah. considering it was up against a giant juggernaut and a film that is four sequels deep in popularity. Um, and it might, it might have like a little, a little legs kind of going on in, in the, in the further couple of weeks here when I think, you know, the dust kind of settles a little bit, but I think, it, you know, it may not be a top, top earner, but I think it's going to make enough over its, its period uh, to uh, get 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 over the you know kind of hump. I mean, it only cost, oh, well, it, was, it was only thirty million to make this. Yeah, thing. I mean, I mean, it, it'll it'll make its money back for sure, but it'll really do well uh, on video and and on demand. Yeah, uh, I, it'll do really well. Um, I know I'll probably buy a copy just to have it on hand. I buy I buy comedies that I like because yeah. I put them on the background. They're fun, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I loved it. I, I hope people go and see it. Like it, once you come off your Star Wars high. Go yeah. check out Sisters. It's funny. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's a really good date movie too. If you're exactly. That's what I was gonna say. I was just like, don't feel afraid to like you know because I think a lot of like dudes may be thinking like, oh no, this is kind of more. It's a very chick centric type thing. And while in many ways it is, I mean, you're not gonna be like, you're not gonna sit there going, sweet Jesus, please, for God's sake, can we do something? Can we have something? No, I was there all no, by myself because Marsha had to leave town. So like. I, w- I went all by myself, and and granted, yeah, I'm a, I'm fine with seeing movies by myself. I see uh, like all kinds of shit by myself that uh, most people tell me they're uncomfortable doing. But, <laughs> I got over but, that shit a long goddamn time right. ago. But but uh, you know, the, there there were a lot of women in the theater, but also like, who gives a shit? The movie's funny, and it's it's rated R, and yeah. it's a good rated R. Yeah, it's a, it's a rated R that you know. I mean, I won't say quite goes for broke, but certainly doesn't yeah. like. It's it not like a soft R. Right. Like it doesn't hit spy level of obscenity. Right. When when like Melissa McCarthy yeah. is on in spy, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is fucking rated R. Uh, Sisters doesn't quite hit that, but it does like approach it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, I think it's kind of like fun and hot to hear these two finally saying fuck bombs. Yeah, no, it's, it's well, because it's- <laughs> you, you don't that much. Right. No, I mean, no, it's true. I mean, because, you know, most of the things that they've done has been, has uh, been on television. Yeah, network specifically. So, right? you know, so. it's like, oh, you can't really get away with a lot of stuff. And seeing them kind of get a little dirty is is, is fun. And, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's nice because they it's appropriate. They play their age. It makes it makes sense. It's not like they're trying to play, you know, these, you know, a younger thing. It's absolutely age appropriate for what they're doing. And I think it says a lot about also, like, kind of growing up and the people that they invite to the party were all the people that they knew in high school and everything and where yeah. everybody is in their lives and, like, you know, how maybe sometimes you should let loose in then maybe other sometimes, hey, maybe it's also good to be a fucking adult, too. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of really good things in this. And speaking of Melissa McCarthy, though, I mean, that boss movie looks pretty fucking funny. I hope that's as good as... The tra- I hope it's funny. The, I hope it's as good as the trailer makes it look like it might be, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think that movie looks good too. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's two recommendations for sisters. Get your asses on out there and see that shit. Um, all right, so let's... Uh, Let's jump into it here. Here is the uh, trailer for the little independent film known as Star Wars. My father has it. 
You have that power too. the trailer for star wars our last new release review of the week uh have you seen it it's called star wars uh three decades after the defeat of the galactic empire a new threat arises the first order attempts to rule the galaxy and only a ragtag group of heroes can stop them along with the help of the resistance this is directed by jj abrams written by jj abrams lawrence kasdan with a story by uh, michael arendt based upon characters of course by george lucas uh starring daisy ridley john boyega oscar isaac domino gleason harrison ford uh uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Andy Serkis, Andy Daniels, Mike Max Masino. There's eight billion fucking people in this goddamn film. Plus all the fucking cameos. Plus every cameo and yada yada yada. Uh, so this this we're gonna talk about the movie itself, kind of give a quick sort of uh, overall review of this, and then like we said uh, at the top of the show, we're gonna do a separate episode that's gonna have spoiler specific stuff for those of you who want to talk spoilers and all that kind of jazz. Uh, but overall. Now, I've talked about it for an hour and 40 minutes on the film Fine. Matt, what did you think of Star Wars The Force Awakens? It's solid. And that that's my, it, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> that was my first reaction. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty fond of it. Uh, I was never a huge Star Wars nerd, so that should be like everybody's entree into my worldview on this stuff. Um, so your opinion I doesn't think, count, bro. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, to some uh, fucking idiots, yeah, that's true. Um, but you know what? I don't give a shit. Uh, I, I like the original films just fine. Um, there was a period in my life when I watched them fairly regularly, um, Mostly because, like, wh why the fuck not? They're enjoyable enough. Um, but uh, here's the thing. Uh, the prequels, I have always argued, are pretty bad. But they're not as bad as most people make them out to be. Yes, there are very bad things about them. Um, but they're not very good movies. And when it comes down to it, the other movies, except for Empire are also not very good movies. They're just not good in different ways. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not enjoyable, okay? I will say the first three Star Wars films are pretty fucking fun movies. I enjoy the shit out of them. This movie, I like as much as the original three films. Okay. Um, I don't think that uh, it... Well, now I've gotten a little bit away, away from my point here, which is that the prequels were not that bad. This movie by far makes up for how bad those movies actually were though. Right. So they're not that bad. They're somewhat enjoyable. I like certain things. Most of what I like about the prequels are the things that like star Wars fans actually hate about them. Like I find, uh, all Trade the discussion. <laughs> yeah. I find that shit like actually really interesting because, uh, <laughs> like, like at least it doesn't have to do with fucking Anakin and Padme and ruining, uh, the other shit that, that I like about star Wars. Um, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. Yeah. yeah um, that's, that's not good. So, so it doesn't ruin shit. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm down with that. Like, that's why I'm really looking forward to like Rogue One next year is because it's like, yeah, this has no fucking risk of ruining anything that I like about the other movies because uh, it'll only be tangentially tied to it, right? Right. Um, it's why I read so many of the Expanded Universe novels, not even being a, ma a major Star Wars nerd, right? Like, I'm not... Like, when I tell you that I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd, what I mean by that is I like the films, and I will watch them, and I enjoy the fuck out of, out of them, right? I don't know, like, random fucking alien names. <laughs> I'm not that fucking guy, right? Uh... It's the same deal with like the Lord of the Rings uh, films. I like those movies just fucking fine. I enjoy them. I am a nerd. I don't fucking know all the characters' names that don't have fucking speaking parts or in another fucking language or just show up fucking half a second in a fucking cantina, right? Yeah. Like I, 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 and I've never cared about that shit. 
Um, and that's not to put down anybody who has. I just haven't. In any fucking case, this movie. In any case, this fucking movie is good. Uh, and I was really astounded because J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, has never made an entire movie that I've liked before. Um, <laughs> And, and I think that was really what was most shocking to me is, is I've said many times, uh, even on this very show, I feel like J.J. Abrams has made uh, one and a half good movies. And it was the first halves of, of Star Trek Mission Impossible 3 and um, uh, uh, Super 8, right, mm-hmm. were the first halves. And, and together, that's one and a half good movies. This movie, <laughs> I will say, is, is a full good movie from J.J. Abrams. It still has some of the same abrams problems though and you might agree with me here um some of the problems that abrams consistently has is uh the third act in all of his movies always has like this weird uh like sense of where like the narrative just loses fucking control of itself right like it's like this weird elasticy kind of uh back and forth it doesn't quite end up squared away where it needs to be Do you, you um, mean like kind of in a sense like it feels like it needs to rush to where it has to go yeah right like like it has it's never set on a point it's just kind of bouncing from one place to another until it like gets to that fucking point and uh it, it like I could do with a little less of that, but I will say compared to a lot of the shit that I've read and heard people complaining about this movie, I actually really like the ending. I like the last third of it, uh, quite a bit actually. Um, I like the way that they handle, uh, a lot of things, um, that we'll talk about, uh, in, in quite some, uh, extensive conversation, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, momentarily for the little standalone episode. Um, uh, but, you know, without giving any spoilers away, like uh, a lot of people seem very uh, upset about how they handle Luke. But I enjoyed that quite a bit, actually. As did I. Uh, and we can talk about that in detail as, as to how he gets handled uh, shortly. Um, but those are my general impressions, right? Like I feel like it is back up to snuff with the original trilogy. Um, I also feel like. Uh, one thing that it does, and this is a little spoilery, but, um, probably not surprising to most people. Uh, and it's not even, uh, about specifics. It's just generally, uh, the thing that I would compare this movie to, uh, as far as like what it does structurally is Jurassic world. Now we've talked, we, we reviewed Jurassic world. And one of the mm-hmm. things we said, uh, that, that works about it is that it goes back to the original film and basically replicates parts of it beat for beat, right? Just to get you back into giving a shit Mm -hmm. about the franchise. And that's a smart move here because, you know, as much as some of the stuff in the prequels is not as bad as people give, give it credit for, um, it's still pretty bad. And it left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, just like the last two Jurassic uh, Park films did before the Jurassic World film. Yeah. And and I think it's a smart move to kind of go back to what works, especially for this first film, and and kind of uh, set us up for no, that's, things to come. That's precisely right? what this movie is. It, is. it is a setup for things to come. And we're going to get a Star Wars movie of some sort from every year until until Disney starts running out of money or things just stop working. Well, there are five scheduled already, right? So, like beyond this one, it's right? Gonna there's happen. One, <laughs> there's uh, then then in two years, episodes uh, eight. eight, and then after that, the Han Solo movie, and then episode nine, and then a Boba Fett movie, right? So there's at least six over the next six years that like we're we're guaranteed yeah. will happen. Um, I have no doubt that they'll happen because even if the standalone films don't perform as well, which I, I have no reason to believe what, like they wouldn't. Not after um, this weekend's box office, you don't. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you know, they may not play as well, but that's like saying, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, hey, the, pre- like, the prequels Beatles weren't, the pe- albums, prequels weren't right? great movies, but they made a fuckload of money. Well, but right, but the reason uh, that that the standalone films may not do as well is because they're they're standalone films and they're not in the main story that most people are keeping up with. Um, but I think people at least try them. Yeah, no, and, you're good. I think you're good. I think this movie is going to create a hunger. Right? And and good. Um, 
but I, but I do think like it was necessary for all the bitching and moaning that people have done about how similar this film is to the first one in many ways. Uh, although we'll talk about that if you if you guys switch on over to the uh, other episode, we'll we'll discuss that for sure. Um, for all the bitching and moaning that people have done uh, about those similarities. Um, I feel like it was just a necessary move, right? Uh, because if they had gone off and just started from scratch and done their own thing entirely, you would you would have to reconfigure how you related to this movie as an audience from a complete space of unfamiliarity, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't know that that would have been as successful. So, uh, so this movie's good. Uh, I think uh, the six of you listening who have not seen it would enjoy it, uh, and and uh, you know check it out on on a big screen with a crowd. Fucking people were scared to go this weekend because because the crowds and it's like no, you go see these movies with crowds. They're yeah. fun with crowds. Uh, these are the only movies that are fun with and crowds. And the thing you know, is, is there's eight billion fucking of- screenings too. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, yeah, like a lot of them were sold out on like Friday night and shit, but you walk in on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon, they're not sold out. Everybody goes to the movies theaters at night still. Yeah. Um, and you can just walk up and buy your fucking ticket. Except it, for around cool. here, they did a couple of early AM shows on Saturday that were like yeah. like 6 and 9 AM were sold out. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? But I walked up and just bought my ticket at 1 PM. It's all like, you know. uh, like strippers getting off of work and shit or bartenders. <laughs> These hoes got to go watch some fucking Star Wars. They're not I mean, hoes. They're, they're working ladies. I can't say that. They're not hoes. They've helped me out. Uh, uh. <laughs> In times of struggle. Uh, anyway, no. do you want to give us general impressions for like the one person who doesn't listen to HMP? Well, no, I I certainly enjoyed the movie. Uh, it is it's Star Wars back to form. Like you said, it does kind of uh, it does reiterate a lot of stuff uh, from Episode Seven or uh, excuse me, Episode Four, uh, going through here. And you know, but here's the thing: a lot of times, I, I liken it to uh, like music in a lot of ways, right? So there are mm-hmm. like, uh, if you hear like a cover song, cover songs are like, you have a couple different versions. One is there's the cover song that is so close to kind of the original, you, you like it because it is, you know, as close as the original could be, right? Then there's mm-hmm. the ones that go so far off the rails that it's almost not even recognizable as the song that you're listening to. And those can be good or bad, but you know. And then there's the ones that, you know, do it close enough but just different enough to really piss you to fuck off. This mm-hmm. is is it's 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 the most former of all of those cuz like it does rep- redo a lot of Star Wars. It is kind of giving you a lot of the same sort of mythology uh, again with a different twist uh, with mm-hmm. different characters. Um, but it's enough of the same thing, but it's still just different enough to go, you know what, this is what I like. Because a lot of times, you know, when people are describing what they like in movies and stuff, especially when it comes to things like sequels and how they're disappointed with some, is that they want more of what they want, what they liked about the first thing that they loved, but they don't want it to be exactly the same thing. Because mm-hmm. you can't do the same thing over and over again, but if you do the same thing with just enough of a twist on it, it works, and and that's what this does. It recreates a new hope in in a, in a different era, but I think this is a great setup film for what will follow. And I think yeah, uh, I think so. I, I think they put all the chess pieces in the right place, and when credits roll, you go fuck. I want to see the next movie, and I think that is a giant accomplishment because I don't think most of us at the end of of episode one were like, boy, can't wait for the next one. We were like. You know, I mean, we all tricked ourselves into believing it was a lot better than it was, and because that's what we everybody saw it enough times ago. No, no, it's still, no, it's Star Wars, man. Come on, it's Star Wars. Come on, we gotta right, maybe. And then eventually, we all realized, no, nah, you know what? As much as we try to baby ourselves into this, it ain't what we wanted it to be. Not really. And then when, you know, the other two came along, they're like, eh, good enough. I mean, they're not great by any means. And I watched all of them just, I mean, to, leading up to the uh, 7 p.m. on a Thursday screening of this, I watched all seven Star Wars films in a row. So, you know, I went straight from prequels to the original trilogy, then into this one. And, you know, look, the 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 prequels, like you said, they're they're not great. They're not as horribly bad. Honestly, I thought I was going to be a lot more just like, sweet fucking Lord, please just let me. I just, just, 
please, can we fucking skip these? And honestly, it wasn't as bad. They're still not good. You still don't mm-hmm. go like, fuck, that was a great time. You, you do see all the flaws. And I will say this, seeing those three back-to-back-to-back points out the flaws even more so. It yeah. really, really does. I mean, if you can space them out, they're not as bad. But man, oh man, when you see them back-to-back-to-back, you're just like, oh, fuck. Um, no, I mean, I look, I did that. Yeah. Right on my own time over the past couple of weeks. Not all back to back to back, but like I did. I did watch with those fifteen three. minutes in between each one. <laughs> but I did those three very close together, like within a day of one another. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, when I tell people that the prequels are not as bad as I as, as people give them uh, shit about being, uh, like I don't mean they're good movies. They're not. They're fucking not good movies. Uh, they are watchable for the most part. However, which is something that people really say they're not, but they are. And I think the proof is the fact that like outside of hardcore Star Wars people, uh, like people like those movies, the people actually do like them. I know it sounds fucking bizarre. There are some weirdos uh, out there. Uh, well, I know that it sounds bizarre as like people who are nerds and who watch movies and all that shit. But like, I don't know, man, like kids eat that shit up and there are a fuck ton of kids. And uh, I mean, like even adults are OK with them uh, because it's Star Wars, man. Why don't you give a shit? Uh, uh, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm glad this one's good. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad this one is a return to form, right? Like, it's just a fun fucking adventure movie again, uh, which is really what the prequels lack most is is like that sense of uh, like fun and wonder a little bit. Yep. All right. So it's a fucking funeral march. Those movies. There's no doubt there. Literally. Literally. That is true. Uh, so yeah, that's it for, for this episode. We're going to, we're going to release a separate episode. You probably already see it in your feed. Uh, but that's going to be the spoilerific thing. So, uh, join us back for that spoilerific thing. Uh, if you don't decide to whatever, I don't know why you wouldn't want to listen to it because whatever. Come listen to that. I'll talk to you about what happens to Jar Jar and all that other shit. All the good stuff. stuff that you were looking out for. Uh, so other than that, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week? So yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Uh, and, and I'd appreciate it. Say hi to me on there. Say hi to your mother for me. Uh, and you can always follow us at the, uh, the Film Find, thefilmfind.com, at the Film Find on the tweets. My other podcast, Hear Movie Podcast, hearmoviepodcast.com. If you really want to get to a, a full point-by-point everything, we break it down like a motherfucker, uh, head on over to hearmoviepodcast.com where we talk about Star Wars in, uh, in the full detail there. Uh, so next week we're going to be talking uh, Hateful Eight. We may even do like a separate standalone episode for that as well because uh, you'll be around in town. We may just do that in studio here if we can kind of pull that, those uh, strings together, if you will. Uh, but there's that, and there's a whole bunch of other shit. And I got to go see that fucking Chipmunks movie, man. Huh? Hmm? Huh? Uh, Want to do that? God. Come on, buddy. Hey, we we found out David Cross not in this one. There you go. So so that's already half the incentive for me to not see. It. <laughs> so we'll be talking about all that crap and the eight billion other fucking movies that come out uh, on Christmas Day and all that kind of jazz. So that is it, everybody. Join us for the bonus episode coming right up. So uh, that is it for Matt Smith. I'm Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody. fucking hippies.
song is for fucking ever, man. Uh, this is a two and a half minute song. And I started fucking, a minute in. I feel, I feel like I've already listened to it for seven minutes. because all those acid you've been dropping. That's your problem. I you, guess. You're man. on drugs, man. Incense and peppermints. Yeah, bro. No, thank you. That smells like a fucking awful scent to have. Hey, man. Listen, when you're a group called Strawberry Alarm Clock, you know. But get... incense and peppermints? Well, it depends. Is the incense peppermint flavored? Boom! No, it's incense and peppermints. Well, what if the incense is, is, is smells like peppermint? You don't know. They got that shit out there. Yeah, that's but it thing. probably didn't. I mean, probably... this is the 60s, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, butt flavored. It's just, what? A, yeah, butt flavored incense. Butt flavored incense, like everybody. Butt. Which which is really just a bunch of hippies sitting around smoking pot and like chewing on some peppermints, right? That's what I call a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ran man. out of drugs this weekend, so I'm a little bit miffed on that. So, you know, get back from vacation, drug dealer. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> you, can't, you know, when you get to be an adult, it becomes harder and harder to find drugs. That's the problem. You know. When when your when your uh, like income mm-hmm. is uh, making sure that people um, have access to a product, when, especially when they're just sitting at home alone, yeah, maybe the holidays is not the best time to take a fucking vacation. That's what I was saying. That's why I told like you know because I do friend of a friend kind of thing because I don't you know directly I don't want to deal with these people. Right. Uh, so I'm just like, hey man, so. Um, you know, need some stuff, and they were like, "Well, I'm I'm going out of the country." Well, that does me no goddamn good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So I don't know this person. I don't know the other contact. I want to know as little as I can. Uh, you know, come on, America, get on, get on, get on board. Let's start legalizing some shit here, so I don't have to do that. I'm I'm willing to give the government my tax money. So Pittsburgh, sir, Pittsburgh just uh, like apparently okayed it. Uh, I mean, they're working on some more shit. But, Denver's uh, got more money than they know what to fucking the do with. Oh yeah, they're like. By well, the way, that's... we did all this fucking shit, and we still got a, like a you know couple million still sitting in the bank, ready to go someplace. Yeah, they had to give yeah, people a... money back because they paid so much in taxes. For Christ's sake. But yeah, it's a it's a like uh, city council bill in Pittsburgh that'll uh, decriminalize, right? So. Uh, you know, it's not a full legalization, but like that's something. You're on the road to, you know, Wellsville. It'll happen. Like what? Once that shit happens, I mean, that's really what it is, right? Is like people, place. people not uh, wrapping their heads around that. Like, you know, this doesn't have to be a thing that's illegal. Yeah. Uh, like one of the dumbest fucking arguments I've ever heard in my life about this shit uh, was somebody online. I just saw them arguing. I don't even know who the fuck they were, right? Uh, but they they were talking about like. Yeah, we, yeah. let's just do everything that's illegal. And it's like, well, you do realize, like, if we legalize marijuana sale, it won't be illegal, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're not breaking it. They're like, well, and then they, like, would just respond to whoever they were arguing with, with, like, yeah, well, you know, you just breaking the law, that's what you want to do? Like, no, it's not a law anymore. Yeah, it's, you can it's change, not there. You can change you, like you realize like this is how the government works ostensibly is like they make and change laws to reflect like what the fucking people wanted it, to do. It's like blacks and gays used to not be able to be married either, but well, yeah. they can do that now. It's not, yeah. it's not that they're doing anything that's against the law because it it's like, not. Yeah. Like, like sodomy used to be uh, illegal, yeah. but well, it, like, it probably, is, it probably still is in some small places. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is, but who's going to arrest you for it? Yeah, that's true. Unless you're, uh, you and if know, they, and if they do, you've got a civil civil rights lawsuit. Yeah, you can right? dingle like, as long as you're not trying to, you know, cornhole the old police officer there. You're probably okay, unless he's yeah. in that. <laughs> of which, uh, by so, all means, go at. <laughs> I, but but I think you know I think once people fucking wrap their heads around the fact that like you know what you mu- like the the worst part of it is like uh, like so many people who are against legalization. Are also they're just fucking dumb rednecks who also smoke weed all the fucking time, <laughs> or, like, or have like horrible, horrible fucking... drinking habits. Or yeah, but it's like it's like Jesus fucking Christ, man! Like you guys smoke weed, but you're not for legalizing it, and it always comes back to like taxes and shit. And it's like, no, that's the reason you should legalize it. Then you can pay for shit in your poor ass fucking state where you guys don't have any goddamn money. <laughs> And quit like having federal taxes come down here and have to pay for it's shit. Like, like, no, this is one you can choose to pay. 
Yeah. You can yeah, choose this, to pay. Like, I'm totally against paying a lot of bullshit taxes, but if I can yeah, voluntarily pay for one, fuck yeah. This is not mandated, right? Yeah. It's like cigarettes. Like, I don't, you know, I don't give a fuck that they tax the fuck out of cigarettes. Do you know why? Because I don't smoke. <laughs> I choose not to fucking smoke. So I don't have to fucking pay the tax, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> like, that's the only thing that's keeping me is taxes. <laughs> Otherwise, well, I'd be I'd be had to have a look, pack of luckies right here, right now. If I did goddamn taxes, but but it's not just that. It's like, why do you guys not go out to the fucking restaurants all the time? Because food's taxed, right? Like, like just, just use your fucking brain every once in a while. Either you want uh, like some fantasy land where where like things are illegal, but you're still allowed to do it for some fucking reason, um, and yet. Uh, we never raise taxes on any fucking thing, uh, revenue wise, uh, in order to take care of shit or like we, we like don't have illegal, uh, weed and we fucking tax that and people are happy because they don't have to fucking run around and possibly pay thousands of dollars in fines and go to fucking jail for 30 fucking years if they get caught with it three times or 60% of the people thrown in jail won't be there for marijuana related fucking charges. Right? Like put the prison industrial complex, man. We got to support them, right? Oh, no, no, we don't. Fucking no. ridiculous. So what, I, what I'm basically seeing here, everybody, is message me on Facebook if you got drugs. Uh, so <laughs> any, any drugs. Any we'll drugs. We'll take cloud, cloud 10. Yeah, we'll work. take some of that. Holy shit. Cloud, cloud 9 did not have that glitch. Oh, my God. I was told. <laughs> <laughs> Man, fucking, uh, you know the saddest part about all that shit was? I know, yeah. I know there's been times where I've been that fucking guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. Whew. Like, I mean, there's a reason that character got written by a bunch of comedians, yeah. right? Because <laughs> yeah, they, they also know that they've been that guy. You've probably they... been this person somewhere just going, everything's going to be fucking hilarious, isn't it? No, it's not. God damn it. Fucking just take a deep breath. Although I, I do have to say, like, that is one of my favorite, uh, I think, uh, I mean, I think Bobby Moynihan's character is one of my favorite uncomfortable characters. Uh <laughs> Like, like it's fucking brilliant, right? Uh, it's ten minutes when, trying to do a fucking Scarface, and everybody's like, "I don't know what this is." Well, that was that was my favorite part. It's like, not only is it, it's not even him at that point, right? It's like, how the fuck do you not know Scarface? Yeah, and 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 the fact that he's just screaming like, "It's stevia." <laughs> it's good, it's good. Like, no, it's okay. Like, it's all right. Continually putting more on, like brushing his teeth with. He just, uh, no, Stevie, it's Stevie. It's all right. <laughs> oh, man. That was, yeah, that's a good movie. Man. It's right. really, really good. So let's let's do some Star Wars talk. Listen to the next episode, kids.